Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. Merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store, and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello and welcome to the Sports History Network Showcase, our in-house show featuring SHN podcasters talking sports, talking history, and talking sports history. My name is Oz Davis, host of the Sports History Network's True to the Goats podcast. And on this week's episode of the Sports History Network Showcase, we've got Jay Abramson. The name of his podcast is History of College Football. Jay, how are you doing today? Uh, I am doing wonderful, and I want to take a moment to thank you for having me on your podcast Oz uh, truly the goats you have a great website great great podcast great blog I appreciate your work and I appreciate you having me on well thanks very much I don't want you to give me too much of a swelled head though so let's just get right into it of course your specialty is college football you're actually a college professor at where are you at ASU right Arizona State that is correct okay how's their how's their football team this year oh they were good from Edwards oh they, they were good Big, big plans for next year, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, if in fact there is a season. Do you have any insight into that? Will they have a season? No, I wish I did. I'm not affiliated at all with, with Arizona State. Some devils, so I don't want them to speak on their behalf. <laughs> What's your personal story of sports fandom, and how did you especially get into sports history? Honestly, it stems from my father. Uh, if I may, he, he hated sports. Uh, my dad was in Schofield Barracks at Pearl Harbor when it was bombed. He served three tours in World War II. He has a bronze store. And, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is the event, uh, needless to say, molded him. Uh, when he raised me, he focused on education. Uh, so my point is, he, he had no use for sports whatsoever. But two events had a really long-lasting effect on me uh, emanating from my father. Uh, the first was actually from baseball, not football at all. Uh, I was in 1967. I loved sports. He did not. But he took me to a Yankee-Red Sox game. And the reason I'm mentioning this is Tony Quigniaro uh, was playing in that game and, and it was at Yankee Stadium and he's on the Red Sox. And a ball is hit down the third baseline and some kid leans over the railing, reaches for it, catches the ball, and a policeman on the field, now this was 1960s New York for you, takes it away from him. And Tony Quigniaro, in stride, grabs the ball from the policeman, walks back and hands it to the, to the kid. And I swear it's the only time, probably ever, that a uh, Boston Red Sox got a standing ovation from the Yankee 57,000 that were there. My dad turns to me and he says, now, now, now that's son I enjoyed. And, and this was high praise coming from him, almost as if he supported, supported me uh, loving sports. Uh, you fast forward a couple of years, 
1971 Thanksgiving Day, Oklahoma, Nebraska, game of the century. Right. Number one defense, Oklahoma, right, right? Number one defense, Nebraska. And my dad, for once in his life, supports and brings down an old black and white TV with those rabbit ear wire antennas so I could watch the game. And it was his way of saying, you can embrace this college football. You can embrace sports if you want. I, I guess I will support you. So it, it let me know it was okay. Wow, very interesting. So as a military guy, he wasn't even into the Army-Navy game? He was not into sports at all. Wow. Uh, you were a tough man. You believed in education. You took care of your family. If you ever seen any one of the Godfather movies, you're trying to get the gist of the whole thing. <laughs> that, that, that was it. Right. Okay. We'll talk about your podcast in, in a bit here, but I wanted to ask you this. Give me the argument. Why is college football the best sport, or, or why is it the one that, that you're into enough to do a podcast about? How long is your show off? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm not very long-winded, but if you'll allow me to expand here just for a moment. Okay. Here's the, here's the easy answer. I got two. Easy answer. You go to a game. I take my son, Big. He's in his late 20s to games all the time. You went to the big house, 107,601 people. You look around you. What do you see? 18 and 21-year-olds. You keep looking. What do you see? Parents, grandparents. And you realize at that moment that those grandparents you're looking at were there as 17, 18, 19-year-old kids and seeing their parents and grandparents as well at the big house. There's a sense of family, togetherness, of being part of something that's really bigger than yourself to watch a sport that demands mental and physical toughness, but it is wrapped around this long history to embrace. That's the easy answer. The harder answer is it's really the timeline of our nation's history um, shown in very small capsules where each period gave us on the gridiron, right, on the field, not the politics, but the wondrous, the unimaginable. From I mean, think about it. From 1869 to now, that's what, 160 years? About every 10 to 20 years, the once-in-a-lifetime occurs on the field, and, and it never really quits. And, and if you allow me, like, two minutes to expand uh, on this, or at least expound on it, uh, I will. If you saw it in 1869, Rutgers-Princeton, right? Six to four, 25 men on the side, kicking, screaming, yelling at each other. Now, that field where that first game was played is a parking lot, from what I hear. Go figure. Fast forward 20 years. The wondrous occurs. 1888, Yale Bulldogs, Walter Camp. What do they do? 13-0, outscored opponents 698-0. Fast forward another 15 years. You're now 1901, right? Michigan Wolverines, fielding Yost, 11-0, unbeaten, untied, unscored upon. In five seasons, he went 55-1, and only to lose his last game of the season. Keep fast-forwarding. Almost done here. Another 15 years, and what do you see? Well, what you see is why the Heisman Trophy is called the Heisman Trophy. 1916, right? John Heisman coaches his team to a 222 to nothing victory over Cumberland. Intensely run up the score? I don't know. He shortened the periods at halftime, right? So that it wasn't so one-sided. But if you're into conspiracy theories, the 222 was a magical number that he was going for to get revenge for a 22 to nothing Georgia Tech lost to Cumberland some two right. years back. Anyway, I digress. Fast forward another just two years. Heisman's Georgia Tech team scores over 100 points three times in a season. You know, just the miraculous occurs. They lose 32 to nothing to a Pittsburgh team coached by who? Pop Warner. Why is Pop Warner football called Pop Warner football? Four national championships? No. He spoke long after he finished coaching 
two group of youths in Chicago. He was so motivational that they named the league at that night, that night, the Pop Warner Youth Football wow. League. Two years later, a young uh, student sits outside of a dorm room all night, catches pneumonia. George Gipp, Notre Dame's best player maybe ever, right? Catches pneumonia and gives this speech to Newt Rothney saying sometime when the team is up against it, win one for the Gipper because he knew he wasn't going to make it. 33 years later, the unimaginable, and I'm almost done here, 1953, Notre Dame defeats Oklahoma. Soon as go on for five years, 1953 to 1957, 48 games without a loss, 47 straight wins. When they go up against the team that had lost two in a row, who was it? Notre Dame again. And Oz, that's just up until the time I was born. I haven't even broached the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, much less this century. There's 131 Division I schools, each with its own unique history. HBCU schools, Ivy League schools, each with their own memories, histories, generations of fans. There's no sport like it. That's a nice rundown, and you didn't even mention – you mentioned Pop Warner, but you didn't even mention uh, Jim Thorpe and the Carlisle Indians beating up on uh, Ivy League schools. Right. Not to mention taking out Dwight Eisenhower out of football for good and thus leading him on to his military career. <laughs> In any case, yeah, yeah, okay. Point taken, and as a sports history fan, very nice summary, very concise. I like it. Great. I guess that question we can consider answered. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Welcome to History of College Football Podcast. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we will discuss the college football history of the Alabama Crimson Tide. All right. How did you get into podcasting? Um, to be honest, I, I've taught now 40 years. It's my 40th year teaching. I wrote a few textbooks. Students, they don't read textbooks anymore. This isn't my generation. So I made videos to complement my courses. This generation watches videos. They listen to podcasts. So all the while, over the 40 years I'm teaching, I'm writing a book detailing the college football history of 130 Division I teams, HBU teams, Ivy League teams, inserting these special interest stories. And recently, I turned it into a podcast. Why? Really, I just simply wanted nothing more, nothing less. I wanted the memories remembered the names and the faces from the colleges of a time really long since gone. I mean, you love Illinois, LSU, Oregon State, TCU, whatever is your team, whatever is your wheelhouse, right? This team, this generation is what you follow. I would like how nice it would be if, if people understood the program that molded that team, that generation. And uh, that's what motivated me. In your book, do you have our mutual alma mater, the University of New Mexico Lobos? Uh, I have a segment on it. Yes, I do. And I have a podcast scheduled uh, coming up. We'll probably look up the date uh, coming up this summer sometime. On University of New on UNF, on the Lobos? Every one of 130 teams I will cover. I have podcasts that are pre-recorded and scheduled through mid-July, but I'm going to hit every 30, every one of the 130 then move on to HBCU and Ivy, and at the age of 61, sooner or later, I'll get too old to keep doing this, and I don't know where it will stop. Okay, so essentially, on every episode of your show, you you do one school's history? Oh, I love these questions. Um, so, okay, so our podcast is dedicated to two topics, either. So it's either one or the other. You get a podcast 
It is either one or the other. The first is the college football history of a particular school, Alabama. Uh, this morning I was working on Louisiana Lafayette. Or it's a special interest story, like the top ten reasons to love HBCU football. Or we have a special guest. Uh, we had the director of research NFL films, a Navy color commentator, assistant coach of Army. And with the guests, we, we have fun, good old-fashioned questions like, who is the best team? Who's your favorite player? Just the, the fun stuff. Uh, for the episodes that cover a particular school, we go over, this is what we go over. This is what we go over, Oz, okay? The team's first year, national championships, Heisman winners. Then best coach, best player, best team. Once we discuss the best coach, player, team, we try to insert that special attention must be paid to these other coaches or players or teams too, really to pay tribute to these people, to remember those that define the legacy of the school, the program itself. And, and every program has a unique legacy. We're not really comparing, but paying tribute, at least that's, that's, that's the mindset. Uh, we have a most stunning win, most stunning loss, most stunning tie in some cases. <laughs> and then we have a hullabaloo section. Uh, the uproar from a program that may have been forgotten or at least not on the forefront of today's fans. <laughs> uh, this morning I was working on Louisiana Lafayette. So the hullabaloo was in 1903. Coach Jay, uh, Jay Overy's Herpin's only season, his version of the Raging Cajuns, had one of the weirdest, weirdest seasons in the history of college football. In a two-game season, they opened with a 105 to nothing defeat of the Canberra Academy, the next game, they were shut out by Lake Charles, five to nothing. Now is their season, but that's the nature of the podcast. Five to nothing. I love it. Okay, great. That also sums that up for me nicely. You're doing a great job here for me, Jay. You're doing. In fact, you're doing my job. Oh, your questions are great. Let's let's talk about this then. Let's talk about some instant history. What do you see happening in the draft? I mean, we just got through a season in which teams played variable length of schedule. Uh, there wasn't a lot of traveling. I don't know if there's going to be pro days or whatnot. I don't know if there's going to be a combine. How do you think that's going to affect the NFL draft this year? And and uh, do you see any surprises in the draft? Or do you see any, anybody who should be taken and won't be? Good question. Um, I, I, I'm not affiliated with the NFL, so the honest answer is I don't know. But but from what I hear, game film, uh, Zoom interviews will be focused on. Um, I don't know if they're really going to take into consideration that much how many games a team played. That offensive lineman from Oregon, I think, what he sit out a season, yet he's projected in these mock drafts to go in the right. top five. But even without – the combines, you mentioned pro days, uh, but it's not an exact science, right? I mean, what, Joe Montana was taken in the third third round. Why? Well, the reason was actually Roman Gabriel back in 1960 became the prototype to the NFL quarterback, tall and big. And you look at what they were looking at, if they just looked at the game films and saw Montana's comeback against Houston in those icy conditions, amazing stuff. Yet 81 players were rated ahead of him. And only two went to the Hall of Fame. So, again, I, I, even without the combine, without all the games there, um, I think it comes down to you watch the game film and you go ahead and whip out your Zoom interview and, and you don't put that much stock into, like I say, the number of games a person has played in or how much they can bench press or how fast their, their numbers are, are showing. 
Okay, Jake, you want to give us a teaser for an upcoming episode of History of College Football podcast, uh, other than the Louisiana Lafayette show? <laughs> um, we give, like I say, the episodes are dedicated to a particular school, and every school has such a such a unique legacy. Um, but if you're looking for just under-the-radar programs, schools like Utah State, if you're not aware of their history, or Duke, uh, they've done things that have never been done before. Um, and they're coming out. I could probably give you the dates. If I look real fast, see, when is Utah State would be coming out July 6th. These are all pre-recorded Duke, June 8th. Those would be fun ones because, again, they're under-the-radar programs. They're not in the national limelight. But, man, they have some stuff that happened that, that you just don't see. Not before, not since. Hey, do you remember Joe Dudek? What name rings the bell? Can you can you remind me? Yeah, Joe Dudek was a guy in like it had to have been the first half of the eighties who played at Plymouth State, which was like Division. Mm, I yeah. do. It was Division Three. I'm so sorry. I do. I was in grad school at New Hampshire at the time, and he was and he had got some votes for the Heisman. I'm so sorry. I, I blind for this. Right. Yeah, he finished eighth or ninth in the Heisman. That's vote. right. Yeah, out of a Division three school. He, he got the cover of Sports Illustrated at one point. Uh, he was huge news in New Hampshire. And, and, I, and I recall we spoke before the interview that you went to grad school at UNH. Yeah. Now, that's, that's a good story for, for, you know, human interest story. Do you remember Joe Dudek? <laughs> now I do. This is what age in 61 years does, your memory fades. But when I was at New Hampshire, he was all the rage because Plymouth State is in New Hampshire. And oh, of course. The fact that he was being considered for the Heisman, at least got some votes. Yeah, he was huge. Uh, was the talk of the town. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was back in the day when making the coverage of Sports Illustrated was front page news at, in the newspaper. Uh, you know, and yeah, it was all over New Hampshire media. I mean, I was a kid, but I remember, I remember Joe Dudek. I remember that piece in Sports Illustrated. It showed like this crappy $200 car that he drove to campus, stuff like that. It, it was pretty funny. I remember it vividly. I was, I was a grad student and, and, uh, my program is math. And even the math nerds knew of knew of them knew of the story. I mean, that, that's how it was uh, up up front. It was on the national radar. Absolutely, it was a big deal. Um, what's the name of your book, Jay? And is it available for purchase? History of college football. I just keep writing and writing. I haven't even approached publishers yet. Oh, okay. Forty years in the making, and sooner or later, I, I guess I should. But but history of college football is is the name. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with your show. Keep up the good work. Jay Abramson of History of College Football Podcast. Thanks very much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. And again, you do an amazing job with the interview. Amazing job at your website. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks, Jay. This has been the Sports History Network Showcase Podcast. We'd like to thank our guest, Jay Abramson of History of College Football Podcast which can be found at sportshistorynetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast. The theme song for the XHN Showcase is Quartz by Tech, and also in this episode is an extrapolation from With Me by Deal the Villain. Both are available through fair use agreement via freemusicarchive.org.
SHN Showcase will be back soon with another Sports History Network podcast. Until then, this is Oz Davis saying stay safe and stay historical. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history. But as far as I'm concerned, we're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment. You know that. Can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear, starting with Podcast Network and our website. But we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you gotta do is reach out to us on the contact page over at sportshistorynetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you gotta do, head over to sports. HistoryNetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.